Welcome to the Public Sector Marketing Show, a podcast for government and public sector marketing professionals who want to level up their digital marketing and social media knowledge, skills, and strategic thinking. And now, welcome your host, Joanne Sweeney. Hello and welcome to episode 33 of the Public Sector Marketing Show. It's the last quarter of the year. We're coming out of COVID-19 restrictions and we're trying to get our rhythm on social media. So much has changed over the past 18 months that I thought it was fair and timely to record a show on what's working on social media right now. So coming up in this episode, what Facebook is looking for to help you increase organic reach, why you should rethink your Twitter strategy. Instagram continues to grow, but you've got to lean into their video features after that piece to camera from CEO Adam Missouri at the end of June. What about TikTok's continued explosion? How do we even start? And we'll touch a little bit on YouTube. And ending up today's episode, we'll hear from Andy Lambert, the CEO of ContentCal, who really puts into perspective the social media landscape right now. That big question that I always get asked, what is working on social media right now and do we have to pay for increased reach and engagement? Well, the answer is no. My biggest tip is that you've got to test and iterate. You've got to see what is working, look at the data and learn from it. But interestingly, let me start with a bit of a study that Facebook undertook. So they reviewed 100 campaigns and they found five trends that were really booking the trend, if you like, right now on their platform. So here they are. Number one, they say, build inclusivity. Audiences want to see diversity in content and they want to feel included. Secondly, they're suggesting that we create edutainment. And you've heard me use this word before. I'd even argue that this show is a little bit of edutainment. I'm educating you and maybe entertaining you along the way. Thirdly, their campaign analysis found that you've got to sell with ideas. Now, I love this takeaway from Facebook because I've long been an advocate for great content and storytelling. So if you want to sell from a commerce point of view or even getting somebody to buy into your legislation or your new policy or a behavior change around COVID, sell with ideas, captivate their imagination. Number four, they say that we should speak platform language. So whether we're on stories on Facebook, whether we're going to be on Reels, because Reels is coming to Facebook soon, or whether we're going live. And of course, it, it makes sense for their sister platform like Instagram. Speak the language of the platform. One size does not fit all. And finally, what they're suggesting to us, and this is a very interesting one, they say that we have to reward self-discovery. So if people are seeing themselves in our content, in our campaigns, and they've surfaced our content through a hashtag or through a reel or a live stream, you got to reward your audience because when somebody discovers your content, you've mastered awareness, engagement, and then it's about conversion and turning those 
into advocates. So that's what Facebook recommended on the back of reviewing 100 top campaigns. But I've got my seven own tactics that I wanted to share with you. Um, and the first one is you've got to lean into short mobile video. On the back of that explosion by TikTok, it's really, really important that you begin to practice that mobile video and the features that are sitting in TikTok and then also in Reels because audiences are responding to it. And if audiences are responding to that type of content, then it makes perfect sense that we should be producing it. Live streaming, I continue to harp on about. It's not going anywhere and there's a major opportunity on all the platforms. Twitter also announced recently that Periscope, while it had ended Periscope, you can now go live on Twitter. And really, we forget about Twitter as a live stream opportunity. And certainly for corporate comms and PR comms, it's a great tool. Social audio is coming in with a big bang. Now, I'm still waiting for podcasts on Facebook and also for Facebook audio rooms. But I can tell you what, when they do come, I'll definitely be leveraging them. People are listening to more and more audio. Yes, they are uh, listening to more podcasts, but we've got Twitter spaces and then we have podcasts and audio rooms coming to Facebook. Then you've got to think about video ad funnels. So what do I mean by that? Well, really, it's a sequence of videos that's breaking a story into perhaps three parts, a beginning, a middle and an end. And you create these videos in the knowledge that you're going to release them on a sequence and warm up your audiences and begin retargeting because video ads are proving more affordable, but also converting better. Then I want to talk about the lead magnet method. I talk a lot about this to my business clients, but for you guys in public sector, it's probably not a formula that you're maybe familiar with, but it's working really well and it's converting really well. So what is a lead magnet? A lead magnet is a piece of content in exchange for an email address. And it's that promise of value that they're giving you. So for example, when I got my COVID vaccine, I actually got a leaflet to explain what was in the vaccine and perhaps the possible side effects. So I got it in a, in a hard copy, but I would have actually exchanged my email address to get that in a PDF on registration. So that's an example, but there's always an, an exchange of value. And then finally, number seven of my tactics is to deep dive into the insights. Again, that's another phrase that I use frequently but all of the answers that you have about the performance of your social media is sitting right there. It's in the data. Why do people not like our content? Do people like our content? Why aren't our ads converting? All of that is sitting in the data because every time that somebody takes an action online, they leave a footprint, they leave a reaction, and all of those data insights are there for you. So there's some hints from Facebook, some hints from me, uh, take them all together, do what you will with them, uh, but definitely digest them. And if you put some of them into action, let me know. Level up your digital skills by taking our diploma in digital marketing, plus gain an industry qualification. Use the code DIGITALMARKETING20 for a 20% discount. Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com. In today's consulting segment, I want to share with you some insights around how public sector pros are trying to win the battle 
of getting more likes and followers on social media because that's what their line manager wants them to achieve. Now, let me tell you, that really isn't a measure of success on social media. And so when we talk about what's working now on social, we're not just wanting to end up with more likes or followers or subscribers. Yes, it is an important metric as part of an overall performance matrix, but it certainly shouldn't be the singular thing. And oftentimes in my experience, I find that people get consumed with getting more likes. But let's think about what is a like. A like is a signal from a member of the public that they want to follow your page, your Twitter account, or your YouTube channel to get more information. Perhaps you've been trending on the news for all the right reasons or indeed for all the wrong reasons. And in that moment of time, you have sparked a level of curiosity in their mind. But guess what? How the algorithms work is that if you don't keep their attention and their engagement, they might never see your content again. So getting a like is only the very, very first step. For me, an important engagement, an important metric is engagement. So the percentage of people who follow you who actually take an action on your content, they like, comment, share, click a link, and then perhaps convert on your website. Also important is the rate of growth. So it's really important that you get build momentum in terms of growing followers and engagement. And all of that should lead to more traffic to your website because after all, that's where you want the public to go. To go to your website, to individual landing pages where they can get the single source of truth around that piece of information, that discussion, that debate, that policy, that piece of legislation that is raging on the news right now. If you do not step into the breach and take that authority over by leveraging social, but by driving people to your website, then you're going to get frustrated by social media. You're going to tell me things like, Joanne, we can't increase our organic reach. We can't grow our followers. We're comparing ourselves against another public sector agency, and we just don't seem to be reaching the standard. So I want you to take a step back. I want you to not think about likes for a moment, but I want you to think about the business and the organizational goals and where social media can step in. For me, that's around public trust. It's all also about being that source of truth and also putting faces to subject matter experts within your organizations. If you approach social media from that perspective, then my friends, the likes and the followers will come. And also, when you're creating content for social, you really have to step into the shoes of the citizen and ask, well, what are they expecting from us? Where are the information gaps and where should we fill it? Then, of course, then you can go to all the social networks, you can lean in onto the features, you can get creative, and then you can see the magic happen. So before we go into the interview with Andy Lambert and before he deep dives into what's working on each social network now, I want you to be considered and I want you to be discerning in your approach to social media from now on. How can it help us reach our organizational goals? And are we creating content that the public will appreciate? A one-stop shop digital marketing and social media resource. 
Join our Membership Academy for 12 months. Access a library of how-to videos, template strategies and organisational policies. Monthly live coaching. Attend webinars with subject matter experts. Meet and network with public sector pros from across the world. Use the code MEMBERSHIP20 for a 20% discount. Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com. In today's show, we hear from Content Cal CEO Andy Lambert. Andy opened up a day two of the Public Sector Marketing Summit recently, and he brought us through the social media landscape. So I decided to include his piece in today's show. Enjoy. So yes, thank you very much for, for giving me a bit of time this morning. This talk is going to be a bit of a rocket ship because usually, as Joe mentioned, we spend about an hour covering what's happened just within a single month. And in this session, we're going to spend 20 minutes talking about what's happened over the last year. So lots of info coming your way. Hopefully you've got coffee or tea or beverage of your choice. So I won't judge. Um, and then fundamentally strap in because there's a lot of information coming your way. Um, Joanne's already very kindly introduced me, so that's great. And this is what Content Cal looks like, but let's get into the more important stuff. Three things we're gonna cover in this session today. We're first gonna start with the trends. What are the shifts that we've seen over the last 12 months in the world of social? Then we're gonna look at consumption behavior changes. As usage grows, so does the way that people are using the platforms and consuming content. For me, that's one of the most fascinating areas of social to watch in the way that cultures change the way that platforms are used. So that's that's fascinating to go into. And then we'll look around what are the kind of core updates that you need to know across those platforms. I've kind of put it down into four key updates that I believe will have most impact for businesses, organizations, etc. So it's worthwhile saying that whilst there's a lot I'm going to cover now, don't feel like you suddenly need to react to all of these changes and updates. The sole purpose of doing this talk is to give context around what's happening in the world of social so that we can start to make strategic decisions rooted in data and analysis to help improve our outcomes into 2022. Don't think for a moment just because one platform's growing, you need to be on it. We don't need to jump between things. We just need to have great context of understanding where social media is shifting, what the landscape looks like ultimately, and how then we can use those opportunities in the future and how we can plan to take advantage of those. So I know there's always a huge amount of FOMO going on in social and that I wish I was here, here, here. You don't need to be everywhere, but it, it does pay to have that kind of contextual understanding. So with that set up, let's go into it. So this is data from Global Web Index. Sorry, there'll be a lot of data slides for you, but I'll kind of talk through the, the kind of key takeaways. I'll also be sharing this deck in the Hoover app immediately after I finish, and I'll be there all day for further questions as well. So use of social media around the world, fundamentally, of course, over the last 18 months, we all know why, um, it has completely transformed social. Um, for the good, for the worse, not sure yet, but ultimately it's, it's transformed the use of social. 520 million people, new users, joined social media networks in the last 12 months alone. And that has meant, well, it's a 13% growth, but what that growth has meant is that now 4.48 billion people across the world actively use social. What actively means is that they're logging in at least once a month. And now that's 56% of the world's population. So over the last 12 months, we've tipped the balance to more people actively using social than not. But of course, with more people using social, that usage starts to spread out in a whole bunch of different ways. So we're going to dive into that. So firstly, that growth over time, this is really interesting to look at as to what have been the catalysts to, to 
like really launch this growth of social. And we, we know the primary catalyst because you can see that on this data here, you can clearly see where those significant jumps started happening. But what's been very encouraging to see is that that growth has continued despite the globally uniting situation that we've just been through or currently going through. Um, ultimately, the growth of socials continues unabated, which is really interesting to see. You start to realise the impact and power of social as a communications channel. I'm sure everyone knew that already, hence you being here. But honestly, it's just going to grow in more and more importance. Now, with more and more people using the platforms and it, the growth happening at an ever-increasing rate, of course, that usage then splits out across a whole bunch of different platforms. Just to call out a couple of things here. So these are the fastest growing platforms that have seen the biggest growth within the last two years. Conspicuous by its absence here is YouTube, which I would still class as a social media platform that has 2.2 billion monthly active users, but isn't included in this chart. However, what we want to kind of draw your attention to is the things that are growing, the things, the platforms that are growing uh, above 30%. They're the three in the middle of your screen. TikTok, we've, we heard about that yesterday and we're going to be speaking more about it over the course of today, I'm sure. TikTok, we know that's, that's a huge grow and we're going to talk more about it later. Pinterest saw massive growth over the last 18 months or so, so 32%. And one platform that doesn't really get many column inches, doesn't get many people thinking about is Reddit. And for me, Reddit's a really interesting and underutilized resource. And if you looked at the growth trajectory of all of these platforms, Reddit is the only one that has not had like a peaky uh, growth trajectory. It has been consistent. They have not had one month where usage has even leveled out. It has been consistent, not as fast as the rest, hence the reason the press don't write, write about it too much, but it's been very consistent. And for me, Reddit is a fantastic place to nurture communities and also learn. You know, it's a, it's a brilliant listening post to understand the temperature of what What's happening within industries, markets, verticals, whatever our area of interest is. So definitely that, that's one I, I would certainly call out. But of course, they're the fastest growing platforms. But going back to this data, which was run by Global Web Index, which is a the largest survey across digital that I've ever seen. So about half a million people are interviewed for this. It's insane. So when you ask these people, though, because even though we've seen the platforms are growing, what are people's favorite platforms? Facebook and Instagram, the two classics still win out. Um, but there is some slight differences in terms of the age and gender. So the people that class themselves as they, you know, they're across multiple platforms, but typically they would go to Facebook or Insta first. You typically find females orientate more towards of a younger demographic, orientate more towards Instagram, as we can see here, and then more male demographics and slightly older demographics, more shifting towards Facebook. I don't think any of that's a huge surprise. Well, I'll be very interested to see because we'll be running this data again in about three months or so, um, where we'll see TikTok is the third most popular platform. So where we'll see TikTok's growth in that, because when we'll talk about some of the TikTok specific growth in a bit, we'll, we'll see that it's very much going to take a huge share of that. So fundamentally, lots of platforms are growing, but still it's the, the two that I imagine most of our organizations are already on are the ones that still people would class as their main go-tos. But of course, with all of this growth in platform usage, the consumption and the way that we're using these platforms changes. Now, one of the biggest transitions in the way that socials use is around social commerce or e-commerce. Now, you might think, actually, this is a relevant point to, to bring up in a session that's dominated by public sector organizations, not-for-profits, etc. But actually, this is having a very distinct impact in the way that consumers are going to social. 
One, this is going to drive more time um, that people spend on the platforms because actually this is start this starting to change people's uh, shopping behaviors. And I already would venture that it absolutely has. I mean, look at the growth forecast of how much is going to be spent through social apps. Very much if you had to look into to Instagram's business strategy, they are going after Amazon as well as TikTok. So two very big competitors, but they want a huge share of wallet of revenues driving through their business. Now, what that means is that really fuels this thing, this big shift that's happening within social called the creator economy. You might have heard this before, but what the creator economy is, is people turning to social platforms to build their own personal communities and their own businesses through social. We've seen this happen through influencers in a kind of early stage, but really creators, we're seeing more flock to a platform, whatever platform that might be, and building really niche communities around them and finding ways to monetize that community. And that is absolutely what these social media platforms are leaning into. And it's then playing out a really interesting dynamic for all of these different tools that we can use. And I think that's the bit where us as organizations can start to think, actually, there is a fascinating trend that we can actually tap into here. We're going to talk more about kind of creators and the impact that they're having in a moment. But of course, with more people using certain platforms and this whole shift of the creator economy as well, that actually shifts um, our platform consumption, our content consumption behaviors in terms of the formats that are performing the best. Look at this. This is the growth of live streaming. That is that kind of top line here. The growth of live streaming has been monstrous, as you can see, over the last two years. And that is driving the time that people are spending on the platforms. And because we're reaching a point of near saturation in social, the real thing that platforms are trying to orientate towards and the battle they're trying to win is getting more people to spend time on the platforms. A key way of doing that is by engaging people through video content. And you know, it was actually mentioned in a, in a thread that's on Hoover at the moment. And, and Bobby was the first one to call this out, which is about you know, the, the growth of video is really driving social forward, in particular, live video. And if we see this, if we just look at um, Facebook and Instagram, when we're talking about live streams, you know, they've seen a huge growth of live streams, 50% and 70% respectively. And that's taking a huge chunk of the amount of time people are spending on a platform. And that data is also backed up because I like to look at multiple different data sources just to make sure the advice I'm providing is absolutely statistically significant as well. So uh, this is some data which is taken across a quarter of a million Facebook and Instagram accounts by a company called Social Bakers. So Facebook organic interactions by post, uh, by post type. What kind of content format is the thing that drives most people to react to it? And once again, live video winning out with uh, average reactions we're getting here of about 42. And then we've got image and video. Interestingly, actual recorded video, video uploads don't perform that well. Um, live video very much is the driver. So even though you know the advice might be like, everyone should, should do more video. Actually, if you look underneath that a little bit and you realize that it's not always just about creating video content and putting it in the feed. Actually, the thing that seems to be driving the predominance of you know, time spent engaging with a platform uh, with a piece of content rather and amount of interactions actually driven by live video. But as we can see here, you know, links, uh, link posts tend to perform the worst. I think we would all know that. Uh, but image and video is fairly on parity on Facebook. If we look at Instagram, uh, video is actually at the bottom in terms of the amount of interactions it drives. 
And that will probably be a shocker to, to a few people, actually. Um, but carousels are the things that, that drive the best engagement. Carousels work beautifully well, of course, because essentially, as we all know, if we, we scroll back through our feed, we're shown another picture from that carousel. So it gives a kind of two bites of the cherry to, to engage with it, if you will. Uh, and images, once again, do perform remarkably well. So there's some really interesting takeaways here, and it might challenge some of our long-held beliefs as well. So live video very much driving uh, Facebook forward, carousel very much driving Instagram. So let's look at some platform-specific uh, consumption shifts. So we've looked at the kind of macro level in terms of the platforms that are growing, how usage is changing, and also how those kind of different content formats are being consumed. But then let's look deep dive into Facebook at first, and we're gonna go through each of them. So looking at Facebook, this is the profile of their audience that are addressable for us to advertise to. So 25 to 34 is the, the audience segment that is the largest here, typically older demographic, but actually that, that isn't always the case. Um, and we're gonna look at this like side by side with some of the other platforms. So this does challenge some of our, some of our beliefs, but Facebook very much the, the audience that are there to advertise to is very male dominated, which I thought was actually quite interesting. But if we look at some engagement benchmarks as well, and just as a quick side note, these engagement benchmarks are driven by the amount of engagement, so like shares, comments, et cetera, by the amount of page followers. For me personally, if I was doing engagement rate analysis, I would take the amount of engagements divided by um, impressions or reach, gives a more accurate number. But either way, we've got to go with this for now. But fundamentally, you'll see a very similar kind of thing play out here where video posts, like we were showing earlier in that other line bar, uh, line chart rather, video posts don't perform as well as image posts, link posts perform the worst. But actually, probably more interestingly, if we look at post engagement rate by page size, if we think how big our own Facebook pages are, these are the engagement rates we can expect. So typically, you know, engagement rates on Facebook, as we know, there is a real struggle. It's a real struggle to drive reach, drive engagement. We all know that. Uh, but so you can feel slightly better about that because the rest of the industry in social struggles with that, too. But if we look at Instagram, this is one thing that I, I like to call out quite a lot. And Joanne and I talk about this quite a lot, because sometimes when we think, all right, well, we're going to use Instagram as our main platform because we're targeting you know, females that are 25 to 34 or whatever, which would seem a good strategy. But actually, sometimes when we think too much from one single platform perspective, we forget the fact that many people are across multiple platforms. So here, this represents a platform overlap. You'll see, actually, you know, if you're targeting Instagram predominantly as part of your strategy, unless you have Facebook in there, you're also missing out like 84% of Instagram audience that are also on Facebook, 54% on Twitter, for example. You'll see your, your actual audience is far broader than you might think. And of course, looking at Instagram's audience skews a little bit younger, as you can expect, but still very much the 25 to 34 is the predominant age graphic, graphic or demographic rather, that uh, uses it most regularly. Similarly, 18 to 24, once again, is, is a much bigger segment. So younger audience uh, and a lot more balance in terms of male versus female. Engagement rates are three times higher than Facebook. I think we'll probably all see this if we both have Instagram and Facebook as part of our strategies. But here we can kind of see this playing out in you know, numerical form. Ultimately, if you want more engagements, clearly Instagram typically is, is the platform to drive that. Whether that's right for your strategy is a different thing, but you know, at least we can, we can get the data to prove that. LinkedIn. So LinkedIn has the most dense platform overlap. 
So as you can see here, you can see here, basically, if you're leading with LinkedIn, if that is your thing, then if we're not tying in other platforms into it, we're missing an opportunity. And I see this often uh, for businesses that focus heavily on LinkedIn because, you know, their audience are on there. I see them typically focusing on Twitter as well, but actually forgetting the other two platforms. And for me, that's a bit of a misstep because we need to think about how we can consider multiple platforms to increase our distribution and our reach, which is, as we know, a hugely powerful um, tactic and angle with social. LinkedIn's advertising audience, once again, 25 to 34, the predominant audience demographic skews much more heavily male as well. LinkedIn, oh, LinkedIn, YouTube rather. Um, YouTube is the one that has the biggest um, like spread of different demographics. And I won't have the time to talk too much about YouTube. And Joanne and I usually talk about it quite a lot. For me, it's one of the most underutilized resources along with Reddit in terms of the suite of social media platforms we could use. Such incredible time that's spent using YouTube, a huge mix of different audience demographics as well. So I see a huge amount of potential in YouTube. Snapchat is one that we don't talk about too much anymore because, you know, it lost all of its kind of media coverage after all of the kind of scandals went away. But actually, Snapchat had been a bit more quiet, but in the background had been building a huge amount and growing very quickly. And Snapchat is only one of the few platforms. Unfortunately, we don't know uh, TikTok's measures from this because they don't display their data like this. But they're one of the few platforms that has a really targeted demographic that skews far younger uh, and many much more female orientated. So if that's part of your audience, then, then Snapchat clearly is a, is a good one. Let's talk about TikTok quickly. So whilst we don't have the similar benchmark data here because I don't share it, but one thing we can see is the future of, of TikTok happening here. So this is the first half of 2021 app store downloads across all app stores. And you can see TikTok every single month has doubled that of Instagram. Whilst this doesn't correlate to usage, when we see them doubling the amount of downloads across even the next fastest growing social platform, Instagram, we can see the future of what's happening here. And the thing that's really happening here, and this is the really important thing that's playing out, TikTok is winning the war for, for attention. It's absolutely beating out, for, for the first time, it's now beating out YouTube in terms of the amount of time people are spending on the platform. And that's now averaging about 24 hours per month that people are spending on the platform. Frankly, ridiculous, really. Uh, but that is, it's unbelievable the amount of time people are spending on the platform and how quickly that product is growing. And of course, like when we look at the United Kingdom in particular, it's not often you see United Kingdom um, towards the top of, top of any chart, but in terms of the TikTok growth, very much up there. So you can really start to see, you know, what's happening and what's playing out um, on TikTok. And the growth of it is just frankly staggering. So four things that have happened um, in terms of key updates that I think you need to know to be covered in the next 90 seconds. So Twitter audio spaces, I spoke about the creator economy, what we heard from Twitter a moment ago already. Audio spaces, I really like this because it allows us to create real niche communities on Twitter. Twitter's also going to be re uh, releasing in the next couple of months a rival to Facebook groups called Twitter Communities, funnily enough. And that's really going to help nurture those kind of smaller niche audiences. Once again, this picks up on that kind of creator economy thing that we were speaking about earlier, because what's going to happen to facilitate that or what needs to happen to facilitate that is tools that allow people to really nurture a community. So that that's fantastic for us as organizations, because it means we get lots more kind of niche communities that are popping up with, with which we can work with. And we also have more opportunities to build those communities for our own organizations as well. So Twitter audio spaces, I see much more growth on that than, you know, than Clubhouse, which came before. 
Instagram Reels, we'll all know this, you know, it's not even a year old and already it's huge, huge amount of updates that happened to this. Just last month, they rolled out the ability to do 60 second Reels. And just as a kind of bit of a quick history lesson, it was only when TikTok allowed uh, videos to go up to 60 seconds from, you know, initially starting at 15 seconds is that's the thing that really drove their growth. So I'm expecting big things from Reels. And the way that Reels content is discovered, because we won't go into this in too much detail for, for lack of time, is very different to the way that content in, in typical feeds is discovered. So the algorithm works in a very different way. And it's really interesting to note this. Here's, here's the kind of four key areas I'll touch on really quickly. Basically, the propensity of people to watch your reel all the way through. So short form content, making sure people get through it is key. Liking it. We all know that likes are a signal to social networks to push the content further. Very interestingly, though, this is the different thing is that uh, it will get pushed further if people start responding with laughing emojis or responding with lol or whatever. Basically, entertainment value content will surface to the top, which provides us, you know, as organizations with a very difficult challenge. But that is a primary driver and a key difference in terms of how Reels discovery works versus uh, feed discovery. TikTok, they rolled out three minute videos. Once again, this has increased our creativity as well. So we, we know about the, the growth of TikTok and this will start to provide much more opportunity for us as organizations to start actually exploring creativity. We don't, it's not about dancing for 15 seconds. Actually, it's getting more about creating quality, useful content. And also live streams on TikTok are going to be such an important part of that TikTok story. So just getting our head out of, oh, it's putting like dancing to, to popular music. It's moving beyond it. Then newsletters are happening all across platforms. So this is the final thing. So once again, this, this fits in with that kind of niche community movement. So Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook are all building these kind of newsletter subscriptions. So this helps us nurture that niche community that we can absolutely engage through newsletter subscriptions, which means when people subscribe to it, and it's easier to start driving subscribers through this way, when we release content, it's going to get seen by everyone that subscribes. That's a key difference to how people would typically discover content on Twitter, for example, because we're, we're beholden to an algorithm to show that to someone else so newsletter subscriptions i see is a really powerful opportunity so the final thing takeaways i told you this would be a, a fast presentation social platforms growing across the board but demographics are very much shifting um, so tiktok's growth not going anywhere we're going to hear much more about it so we can't ignore it anymore even if we had wanted to live streaming we've spoken loads about that key way to drive engagement definitely going to be a key to, to the growth of how we could use TikTok and the growth of our Facebook accounts. Testing new features always holds potential for additional reach. And that is definitely going to be true of Instagram Reels in particular in helping, you know, they really want to push it. So um, if we want to test it, now is probably the time to test it. The future of social is going to be driven by creators and smaller niche communities. I've spoken about that enough, but uh, a lot, but that is a key thing we need to think about. And the final takeaway, as organizations, we need to challenge our beliefs as the landscape changes rapidly. Something that we might have felt was true a month ago, you know, might not be true next month. And that's, that's the thing, to be open-minded, thinking about different platforms, experimentation, and just, just being going with it because it's going to continually change. But hopefully you've enjoyed it over around by two and a half minutes. So sorry, Joanne. Um, I'm going to talk about these things um, here in the Hoover app. So otherwise... You know, connect with me on LinkedIn. I talk about this stuff all the time. Join our, you know, Joanna, uh, my monthly updates, and I'll kind of send these slides uh, and a link to help kind of bring all this to life into your kind of 2022 content plan. 
Level up your social media skills by taking our diploma in social media, plus gain an industry qualification. Use the code SOCIALMEDIA20 for a 20% discount. Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com. In response to requests from public sector pros to deep dive into the how-to of each social network, we are delighted to launch our new social media bootcamp. So these are five live workshops and we're going to take you through the tactics and trends that are working right now in each of the social networks. So you will be shown how to use Reels, how to create TikTok videos, how to set up and host a Twitter space, all of those new features within the social networks. And they will happen live over five consecutive weeks. So go ahead and check out publicsectormarketingpros.com to find out when they're happening and to express your interest. Also to say what you get with the social media bootcamp, apart from the live sessions, the replay and the resources, I will have a mini social media channel plan for each of the social networks, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok. So if you're interested, make sure you go to the website or reach out directly to me. This is your weekly reminder to get a copy of our new ebook, Digital Marketing in the Public Sector. It's been downloaded dozens of times already, so make sure that you do that. And when you do it, you will get an opportunity to book a 30-minute coaching call with me I kind of call it a career guidance call just to help you get some clarity on where you want to go with your digital marketing and social media knowledge. Also, a hat tip to our on-demand summit ticket, which is now available. If you missed the 2021 Public Sector Digital Marketing Summit, don't worry. We have created a dedicated area on our website where you can watch all of the day one sessions and deep dive into the day two workshops, 12 digital marketing and social media workshops there, full of value, really help you kind of plan ahead for 2022. As always, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Public Sector Marketing Show. I show up every week for you. What you could do for me is simply share the show with a public sector pro you know. And if you haven't already, hit subscribe on our YouTube channel or on your favorite podcast platform. And I will see you on episode 34. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Public Sector Marketing Show. This episode has ended, but your digital journey can continue. Head over to publicsectormarketingpros.com to access resources and links mentioned in today's show and to connect with Joanne and her team. Until the next time, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform.